0: We are a mere 10 days away from March. And if you know what that means, that means that we are almost close to the biggest tournament known to man since dodgeball and ESPN eight the Ocho. We are going to take a deep dive into college basketball and all the surprises that are happening right now before we start in March Madness. Because as you know, March Madness is not is like any other It will always deliver, and it will always surprise you. So we will take a more of a deep dive into that. We will also talk about this last week and with UFC 98, did champions switch hands there? And then we are also going to talk about the breaking news with NCAA 25 and how exciting that is. I'm your host, Matthew Raritan, and this is Total Sports Talk Beyond the Lights. What's going on everyone and welcome to another episode of Total Sports Talk Beyond the Lights. And guys, it's not even March yet and there is surprises happening everywhere in college basketball. It's like the famous Oprah meme of you get upset, you get upset, you get upset. There's just surprises everywhere more than a birthday party. That's just the state of college basketball pretty much this entire year and I love it. I mean, I love March Madness already, but when you're getting an early pretty much showing of what March Madness is kind of like, I'm not going to complain. And I know you guys won't either. So we're going to talk about more of what's happening in college basketball and the state of it right now before we go into March Madness. But first, I want to introduce my co-host here today. I've got David Street. What's up, y'all? And we also got Ed Smith. Welcome, And guys, I mean, let, I want to jump into the surprises here, uh, but I want to start kind of really quick on your guys' teams. I mean, you've got – David's got a very talented Florida team right now that is actually probably surprising many, um, maybe not David, but then you've got Texas as well, which we will talk about more. But in the top 25 right now, who is really surprising you guys that maybe – uh you weren't expecting them to be in the top 25, especially this, you know, going this late into the season, right before March madness starts,
1: David, I'll start with you. Is it possibly Florida? You got another team in mind. So um, there's quite a few surprises, but I'm just going to be talking about one partially so that, so that you guys have an opportunity to uh, talk about other teams, but I'm going to surprise you not necessarily with, what i say but rather with what i don't say and one team that sticks out to me is south carolina so you notice that i did not say florida now i think florida definitely has the makings of a surprise team but guys i very clearly remember uh florida getting praised for the offseason it had um you know uh, analysts uh, commentators media members um a lot of them were praising florida for the additions that they made to their roster uh, from the uh, transfer portal. And I very clearly remember uh, watching Florida in the beginning and, you know, um, people saying that, Hey, you know what, like Florida could be one of the surprise teams. And the thing is, if you actually talk about a team potentially being a surprise team, they're not really a surprise team anymore because you kind of planted, you kind of planted that seed. And even last year, we had a losing record, but we were only one game below 500. We were nine and nine in the SEC, um, and in the regular season, we had a winning record. We were 16 and 15 in the uh, SEC, or excuse me, 16 and 15 overall. Um, so maybe some people didn't really expect Florida to be in the top 25. But I'm just telling you from my perspective and everything that I, that I've said um i don't think florida is uh too much of a surprise because there were people talking about florida uh, potentially being one of those um sneaky uh teams but south carolina to me has completely shocked me and i'm sure they've shocked pretty much everyone else as well because last year south carolina was 11 and 21 overall including 4 and 14 in sec play this year so far they're 21 and 5 overall and I think nine and four in SEC play. And even if you did expect, you know, some improvement, I don't think anybody in their right mind expected South Carolina to be in the position they're in right now. And especially when you're talking about a team that is just largely irrelevant when it comes to basketball. I mean, what was the last time South Carolina was even relevant six or seven years ago when they made that surprise run to uh, the final four, but they're just not a team that you expect to make a lot of noise uh, when it comes to basketball. So, I mean, barring any uh, major collapse, South Carolina is pretty much a lock to make the NCAA tournament. And I, I don't think even diehard South Carolina fans saw this coming. What are your thoughts, Ed? Well, uh, I
2: will go with who I really expected to be right at the top when the season started, but has just fallen off the table. And it's not Texas, even though I can talk about them a little bit. Well, a team that I feel like dropped harder than that is Michigan State. My goodness, they were at number four in the preseason rankings uh, by the AP. But yet now they are in fifth and just the Big Ten. That is a huge drop. And there are surrounding questions of coaches. Oh, you know, constantly. You know, that is a school in which it's a basketball school. Let's not mince words about it. Because even the football facility is named after the basketball coach. That is a <laughs> school that, you know they are very much about uh about basketball and coach izo is a big part of that so the fact that they you know fell out almost immediately out of the gates there's it's such a surprise that a team led by such an established coach with such a proven history and a proven record just just disappears out of nowhere. That is a huge surprise to me. But I will give you a surprise from out of nowhere, a team that was listed to be around the seventh, seventh rank of their conference, but all of a sudden is sitting at second in the conference and in the top ten in the country. That's Iowa State that is a brand of basketball that is a bar fight and just last night we saw them get into a bar fight with houston and houston came out on top but it's the type of game in which you are going to see physicality top to bottom you know i saw a uh, a comparable uh, video today that was basically somebody just running down the court with the basketball in hand like a running back to try and get to the hoop. That's the type of physicality that you're talking about with Iowa State and Houston being at the top of the of the Big 12, which nobody thought Iowa State would be there. They had a transfer come in that is leading them in, in scoring that has helped propel them up to this point to be the number two in the Big 12 uh, just behind, uh, Houston. And last night was really the tiebreaker for that. So those are my two big, two biggest uh, surprises. Now, as far as Texas goes, because I told you I could talk about them. They were the big 12 champions last year. They were in the top 25 to start the season. They are number nine in the big 12, but guess what? At number nine, they still have sixteen overall wins with a couple of weeks to go. So that, so from place one to place nine in the Big Twelve, you go from twenty-one wins to sixteen wins. That is a logjam of very high-quality basketball, and Texas just doesn't have the same team that they had last year, even with the addition of Admas from or uh, Roberts, he has been really good in stretches, but I have not seen him be the overall monster that he was proclaimed to be. He's just getting better and better and better, which makes them, which I think will make Texas more dangerous as we get into conference tournament time and then get into the main tournament is what I'm expecting.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, South Carolina, the Gamecocks, they took the world by surprise this year with what they're doing on the men's side of college basketball. But I do want to say their women's college basketball team it has been phenomenal for years. But mm-hmm. it's just it, – as far as relevance-wise goes, now that their men's is doing really good, it just it just really shocked people. So mm-hmm. that's
1: kind of a no-brainer there. But for me no, – I- I, for, I I I totally forgot to mention that. Let's not also forget that not only is South Carolina killing it this year, but they also have a couple quality wins over Kentucky and Tennessee.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially that Tennessee one. I think that's going to be a, a big one down the stretch. But uh, for me, a team that really just kind of also shocked people is, is in the top twenty-five. It, in the NHL, you have the Philadelphia Flyers, but in college basketball, you got the Dayton Flyers. The Dayton <laughs> Flyers, I mean, at 21 and 4, they're at the top of the A10 right now, um, 11 and 2 in the conference, but you don't hear of them, especially being in the top 25. So I think seeing the Dayton Flyers there is pretty darn cool, especially since they're 45 minutes away from me where I live. But uh, it, it's a it's a quite the sight to see the the top twenty five. You know, you're always going to have your your Kansases, the ones that have delivered. That are no surprise. Are seeing Purdue and Houston up there? Those are teams that are given. But when you see a team like the Dayton Flyers coming out of nowhere like this, it is it is nice to see. It shows you that college basketball is alive and well. And uh, you know, I are they a team to be to fear in March Madness? No, by no means. But you never know. They could play. They could play the upset story. They could play Cinderella. But uh, a team for me that is that's not in the top twenty-five, and it seems like this is a team that's always there, especially at the end of the year and at the beginning of the year. That's Gonzaga, guys. I mean, Gonzaga lately has been that team that everyone knows their name, but they're known more for doing absolutely nothing come March. <laughs> this year, they're not even ranked right now. Getting ready to go into March, but they'll probably find a way to squeeze in. I mean, they're twenty and six overall right now, so uh, they're just right there. They'll, they'll probably squeeze right in. But just the fact that they're not in the top twenty-five when they pretty much have been for the last five years straight—they're always there. It's 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 a little different to see.
1: Yeah, and you know, let me let me add a uh, surprising team out of the top 25. And to me, that's the Miami hurricanes. Now, you know, a team that was in the final four last year, I understand that Miami lost a couple of key pieces to the NBA, but they also returned some key pieces as well. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I expected Miami to be a top five or even a top 10 team, but I thought at the very least, it would be a top 20 team, but the Canes ain't doing too good this year, guys. And then, um, I'm really curious, uh, are how surprised are you? How surprised are you guys that USF is not ranked? I mean, they're I think nineteen and five. They're a top three conference. They just beat FAU, and yet they're still not ranked. What, what what gives it? Well, when
2: you take a look at a a team like FAU that everybody thought was going to be a huge name, you know, a Cinderella story going into this season. And then they get beat by a team like USF, which nobody really thought of. To me, that kind of goes back to what I always talk about with the pollsters, the, the Associated Press, the people that are voting on this. They all have their idea of what everything should look like. And when it doesn't show up like that, they are very. it's very difficult for them to admit it and then go away from what they originally thought. So... When you have a team like USF that's surprising people uh, in a conference that, that, it's a good conference, but it's not like a Big 12. It's not like an SEC this year. It's not like an A-10, which is historically really good at basketball, or okay. a Big East. You know, the, <clears throat> Those are historically going to be the conferences that get you name recognition over some of these other conferences, which... If you have a great season in it, great. Fantastic for you. But they're not going to take a look at the regular season. It's all going to be based upon what you look like out of either the last year's March Madness or what you look like in this year's March Madness. The regular season's not going to matter. It's just going to determine seeding.
1: Yeah, and before we get Matthew's thoughts, um, let's also... um Let's also remember that USF's head coach, Amir Abdur Rahim, this is the same guy who led Kennesaw State to that insane turnaround. Like he's led Kennesaw State to its only winning season since they joined uh, Division I. And now he's on pace to lead USF to its first uh, tournament appearance in 12, uh, 12 years. So the dude can flat out coach. In fact, I'm going to make a prediction on the show right now. I don't want it to happen, um, but I predict that somewhere down the road, Georgia is going to fire Mike White, and they're going to uh, hire Abdur uh, Rahim. He's from Georgia. Uh, He's been a a coach uh, for Georgia. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I'm going to hate it, but Abdur, uh, you you know what I mean. (laughs) That dude is going to be Georgia's coach one day. Yeah, it's quite a
0: quite a tongue to twister. So I don't blame you on that one, David. But you know what? One thing that I've also noticed too is that it's not so much the quality of wins. It, you also have the quality of losses too. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the the bottom of the pack right now, or the teams that are right on the fringe uh, in the top twenty five. I mean, a lot of them have are right there because they lost to the likes of Houston and Purdue, but they are still right there because those are quality losses because where are Purdue, where is Houston right now? Well, they're at the top. So I've noticed that, but of course, as us being college football fans, we know how it is at the beginning of when you look at the preseason polls and uh, the first AP rankings, and then the first college football rankings, it always goes based off of the prior year. It just seems to always be like that. Um, and, that needs to change. And I mean, kind of on a side note, I mean, we, we saw breaking news today that they did vote in favor of the uh, five and seven format in college football playoffs. So you have the five of the conference championships right there and then the seven best ranked after that. So notice uh, Notre Dame will never be in the top five. (laughs) <laughs> until they decide to join a conference but that is a topic for another day but uh, that that's my point is that it there always has like their favorites from the get-go and then they slowly kind of will tweak it uh throughout the season but it's never fully where it is where it belongs to be in my opinion but that's just how it's been forever
2: well and when you You mentioned college football. How many times have we seen a team that was supposed to be ranked in the top five or seven going into a season lose their first two games, but yet they're still ranked? That's Mm -hmm. insane to me. Mm -hmm. You know, with with the way that the ranking system goes, if you lose, you should be somewhat out of it. You shouldn't be hanging on in the top 25 because that's what people thought you were supposed to be. No, it's what you show on the field, or on this case, the court. It isn't what everybody's preconceived notions of what your team is.
1: Well, I mean, the truth is, we probably shouldn't even have rankings until at least, I don't know, week four, week five, somewhere (laughs) midweek.
0: Yeah, I I fully support that and definitely be behind that. I think it kind of takes away from a lot. We know as fans, and I know we aren't the ones that are really voting on that, but we as fans know which teams look the best. It's it, mm-hmm. it it. We sit there and we watch the games, but you have the saying, you know, too many hands in the cookie jar, and we have that issue because many people that are in the committee they vote differently because they could sit there and say, well, and we'll go back to this last year. Well, Florida State was undefeated; they deserved to be there. Then you have, well, Alabama beat. Georgia, the number one team, they deserve to be there. So when you have a difference of opinions and too many difference of opinions in that committee, that's why things just continue to look the way they are. Do I think they're headed in the right direction on this five and seven? Yes, but will there still be arguments? Of course there will be, especially expanding it to 12 teams because why that number 13th team is going to be the first to complain. Just like the number five team would be in the last year's ranking. So that's just how it's always gonna be. You can't please everyone, but I think that there just needs to be a little bit better with how they do these rankings because you it's obvious that you have your mind made based off of the prior years. Yeah. No matter how
2: it. many players come and go on what it whichever team that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. It, it it's absolutely true. So I kind of want to, uh, um, go, uh, go back to college basketball and this is somewhat off topic, um, since we're talking about rankings, but I'm really curious one, have you guys noticed just how high scoring college basketball has been this season so far?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I was doing some calculating and, uh, and, uh, research. And I, uh, you know, I calculated the, uh, the, the top 10 scoring teams in the nation because listen, I'm not going to calculate all, you know, 350 plus teams. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody got time for that, (laughs) but I took the top 10 scoring teams this year and combined they're averaging 86.2 points per game and curiosity really got the best of me because I wanted to know, okay, like what is this the highest, um, scoring like since, and and as far as again top ten team teams go, top ten scoring teams, this is the most points that teams have have uh, averaged in 26 years and in, in almost uh, 30 years. And Matthew, why do you think we're uh, seeing a lot a lot of scoring? Why do you think scoring is so high this year, higher than it's been in such a long time?
0: You know, I've been asking myself the same thing because I've noticed that the scores are just a lot higher than normal. Um, I think in college basketball, of course, all around play matters. But I think when it comes to the NBA draft, when's the last time you saw someone get drafted because of their defense? You rarely see it. It's usually because of their impact on offense. Uh, that really did that for them. Is that why they're doing it? I'm I'm not saying that, but it, it could be a factor but uh, you're just seeing a lot more offense uh, in the co- in college basketball and I just keep asking myself the same exact question I, I can't really tell you exactly why, but it's something that I've noticed actually for the last couple of weeks.
1: To be honest, the last guy I remember getting drafted pretty much for their defense. you guys remember Willie Collie Stein from Kentucky? Yeah, I he got drafted in my Kings. Of course, I know who he is. <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you what do What do you think? Ed? Why do you think we're seeing a lot of high scoring this year? I think we're seeing a
2: difference of a lot of college basketball being coming down to getting stops versus the philosophy of defense. One of one of the best teams in the nation, Houston, which I've mentioned them a couple times already. They are really known for the effort that they give on defense, not necessarily a scheme of defense. Uh, they are very physical and very inside out with their defense. So that that has had a tendency to smother teams. But we're not seeing teams like, uh, I want to say was Virginia uh, about 15 years ago where they weren't letting uh, teams score more than 30 points on them just because the philosophy of slowing the game down and the tough defense just making points at such a premium that it was tough for anybody to get over on them. And that's another part of it is when you have college basketball that once these kids want to run, they don't want to do on a 35-second shot clock have 30 seconds worth of set running. They want to get up there. They want to score. They want to dunk. They want to throw up three pointers, yeah. you know, everything in the world, other than just, you know, pass the ball around until that last extra pass gets the open shot. So that's that I think draining the clock is not a part of college basketball this year. And that Uh, is a good portion of the higher scores plus the defense is more about getting that one stop to get over the top in the game rather than controlling the game through the defense Do
1: do you guys do you guys think that the transfer portal has contributed to all the high scoring because think about it like you get someone from the transfer portal you're getting someone who you don't really you don't really you don't really need to develop him a whole time because he was already scoring a lot of points, uh, you know, with, with those other school. So do you think the transfer portal is par- partially contributing to all the high scoring we're seeing? I'm
2: thinking that it, the transfer portal is contributing because it isn't defensive players that are transferring. It's offensive players that are looking for places for them to go shoot somewhere else. Yep. You know, so they are not sitting behind the likes of, whatever five freshmen that Calipari has it you know, out on the floor. Yeah. They're all, I can shoot too. Let me go to Dayton or Davidson or, yeah. you know, any of these uh, mid mid conferences. They are looking to get the ball in the hoop to up their own profile because that's what they think they can contribute to a team. Versus contributing by being an effort guy and a defensive minded uh, player.
0: Yeah. That's such a great point, David, actually bringing that up and and reading us those stats because uh, I've noticed it with this offense really uh, picking up in college basketball. And talking about the transfer portal, that's I think that that is a real key factor. So thanks for bringing that up. But uh, what you guys have both brought up several times already in this discussion, I've heard a lot of um, uh, SEC teams such as Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, and then in the Big 12 we've talked about Houston already, Iowa State, I uh, haven't really mentioned the Jayhawks, but it, it it makes me wonder which conference will have the most teams going into the tournament into March Madness. Because right now, if you look at the current college rankings, this isn't March Madness. It's just the, the current rankings, the SEC and the big 12 have six apiece in the top 25. So, they're really well represented in the rankings right now and they're going to be well represented in the tournament so when it's all said and done and they announce the teams in the in uh march madness who's going to have the most and i i I know ed where he's going to go with this i'm gonna start with him first uh
2: i have to go big big 12. you know bright your mark has created a culture in the Big Twelve <laughs> of being the best basketball conference there is. And they're proving it this year. And the addition of the four teams into the Big Twelve for this season before Texas and Oklahoma leave just helped prove that. So right now I'm thinking we're getting gonna get a total of not one, not two, not three. No. All the way up to nine teams into the into the tournament. So you're looking at Oklahoma, which has been a surprise team, TCU, which has been solid. Kansas is actually fifth in the Big Twelve right now when they were ranked number one in the AP poll to start the season. And they have proven that they are just as good as anybody out there. So to have you mentioned before about quality wins and quality losses, those those stats matter when they go to make these selections in the March Madness, and I think that's going to push up to nine teams into the final tournament.
0: I could easily see that. I mean, I look at the, some of the French teams that aren't in the top 25 right now, and that is TCU, that is Texas, and where do they, where they hail from? The Big 12. So I could easily see that happening. But, David, I mean, you agree Big 12 is probably going to have it, or you think the SEC, where they currently are right now, is going to have the most teams?
1: Yeah, let's let's keep a certain theme going here. Big 12 guy picks the Big 12, so SEC guy mm-hmm. picks the SEC
0: you know i'm not going to pick the pac 12 so well
1: i mean yeah but the pac 12 is a kind of doo-doo this year yeah. Um, yeah. But, hey, arizona is what number four right now and hey you know what and, and we didn't name them but washington state is also uh, one, one of the surprise teams yeah um listen man i i, I think uh, i think it's very obvious that it is going to come down to the sec um versus big 12 here i mean you, lo- you look at the sec like who who are the, lo- the locks right now auburn alabama tennessee kentucky florida and then south gosh,
0: carolina South Carolina, thank you
1: south carolina and i literally had them as my surprise team right yeah. so that's six teams there and then you also have teams like um uh, mm-hmm. Ole miss i think they can make it uh i think this i think mississippi state is doing decent if i if i'm if i'm correct um so that's eight teams there and then you know what texas a&m um you know they got a couple of good wins over us and uh over uh, a couple uh well, really bad losses <laughs> i understand that um but but you know um beating uh beating tennessee especially not not just beating tennessee they straight up murdered tennessee like they beat them they beat them like a drum and i understand losses matter but it's also hard to ignore a quality win like that so but I think uh, I think Ed and I are both in agreement that it's either going to come, come down to the SEC or the Big 12. And, hey, you know what? There was a time when the SEC was an afterthought in basketball. But, guys, that is no longer the case.
2: Oh, no. and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah,
0: no, yep. not at all. And, uh, you know, I think, in my opinion, I think the SEC will most likely cap out at seven teams i think ole miss being possibly that last team but i, I think it's gonna be close i really do and i'll be interested to see how they how they pick them so i think it does definitely come down to those two conferences and those two conferences alone i don't think anyone else is going to get anywhere near that when it comes to the tournament but we're just gonna have to wait and see uh march is right around the corner guys it it is right there it is came upon us pretty darn fast. But uh, before I uh, get started on this next topic, I wanted to give a huge, huge shout out to our friends over at American Daily Press, uh, also known as ADP. Uh, They are a buddy news organization organization seeking to only bring the truth and legitimacy back to the world of journalism. Uh, Their mission is to empower readers with accurate, well-researched information to foster a deeper understanding of our world, breaking through the propaganda, I repeat, propaganda, and arming the people with the truth. They also just announced a new host of podcasts, including ourselves, Total Sports Talk, as well as Guys Night. Uh, an innovative show with new, no soup for NOLS. So if you are looking for truth, look no further than AmericanDailyPress.com. Head on over to their site. Check them out on all their socials, too. Give them some follows. They're on Twitter. Uh, you can check them out there. But, guys, uh, they, they are uh, good friends of ours. We we respect them a lot with what they're what they're doing. But uh, I wanted to jump over to this next topic really quick, and that was UFC 298. This was a huge uh pay-per-view that happened this last weekend and i i know i know uh Ed and David aren't uh too big on UFC which is totally fine but uh is, that,
1: is-, the, is that the United Football Club?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the European League, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um
1: the, it,
0: UFC I it has caught my attention since I was young. I I grew up watching UFC mixed martial arts, but uh, this last week was UFC 298. It was a really big card leading up to which UFC 300, which is going to be such a milestone pay per view event. But uh, the main event in the UFC 9 UFC 298 was a title fight between Alexander Volkanovski, who is the champion, versus Ilya Toporia. And uh, Volkanovski is is actually highly uh, regarded as the best featherweight of all time, which is the weight class he's in. And I would say he, he is, he has been very dominant. Uh, he's just a a fighter that is very well respected. The whole community really likes him. But one thing that I want to point out before I talk about the fight is Volkanovsky, his personality, uh, he is getting up there in age. And when I say that I'm talking about, uh, in the mixed martial arts world, uh, there's only so much your body could take in a physical sport like that. And, And, uh, there was a lot of talks of his age. So he made a joke about it. And if you guys haven't seen this video, please go check it out. But it is him. He he did a commercial of him dressing up as an old person because he wanted to make a joke of people talking about how he's getting up there in age. And if you haven't seen it, it it's pretty darn funny. And then he showed up in the press conference wearing the same outfit and just doing all the, the typical things you'll see your grandparents do. Uh, I, so I highly recommend watching it. But uh he is still very youthful when it comes to his his fighting game but unfortunately in this fight well uh taporia got the better of him he did knock him out in the second round i mean he he knocked him out cold with a really nice right hook but uh, taporia is a very legit fighter he is undefeated and uh He's been highly regarded for a long time As uh, one of the best up and comers So uh, it, it was kind of Shocking to see that because you're not used To seeing one of the greatest fighters of all time Just go out like that So uh, hopefully he gets better Comes back and tries to get his belt Back again because when you're regarded as one of the Best that's something that you'll go ahead And do but uh, the, the fight Card itself was tremendous I couldn't get enough of it because It delivered pretty much every single fight On the card so once again David Dana White, and the guys are at UFC. They really know how to schedule them, so props to them on having another great UFC card. But uh, UFC 300 will be coming up here soon, so you better believe I'll be watching it. It, Like I said, such a milestone event there, 300 uh, pay-per-views. And I mean, they're spitting out the pay-per-views a lot more than they used to, but it, it's become such a very popular sport throughout the whole world. So I understand why uh, they're doing more and more because they continue to deliver and make money. So American dream.
1: <laughs> so I don't, I don't know a lot about UFC, but I do understand that oftentimes it can be a game of taunts and uh Tapurier or whatever the hell you said. Did he uh, did he make fun of his opponent for for his old age? I I assume he did.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things that uh pretty much sparked it was was that so it was kind of uh making fun of his age. I mean, Taporia, I'm pretty sure, is twenty seven. He's he's young. He's right there where uh uh Volkanovsky, I wanna say he's thirty seven. So I mean he wow. there, there's oh, a little bit more a little bit more in age there, but uh Volkanovski's been around for a while. I mean, don't forget, I I know you guys don't know this, but Volkanovski used to play rugby. Uh, He is not uh, the tallest guy. He's maybe 5'6", 5'7", if that. He used to weigh over 200 pounds, and he fights at 145 pounds. I will One of these days, I'll go in-depth when it comes to these guys and their weight cuts. Uh, It it is not good for the human body, I will say that, Mm -hmm. and how much weight they – put back on after they make weight. I mean, he fights at 145 pounds, but when it comes to fight night, that guy's probably close to 170. I mean, he, you, you put all that, you put so much weight back on.
2: <laughs> Would you consider this fight uh, to be more of an upright fight or more of a grappling ground, ground game? Uh, uh, it was gonna what be it look like it was
0: gonna. It was more of an upright fight. I mean, not, I don't even think a single takedown was attempted. I know it only lasted a little into the second round for a five round fight. Uh, usually in those type of fights, you, you try not to wrestle at first because you have to really try to build up your stamina for the rest of the fight. Uh, you don't want to gas yourself out uh, too early. But it was uh, more of in these title fights, it's the best of the best, so it's usually a chess match at first. You want to read your opponent as best as you can. Yes, you've watched them on film probably for the last four months, but to really look at him face-to-face, it's a chess match usually at first. It's not usually fast, but uh, yeah, it was a stand-up game, and that's probably how it was going to be most of the fight. Taporia uh, is actually an amazing grappler, and Volkanovski is too, but they're not known for their wrestling first. They're more of a strike first type of fighter.
1: I'm, I'm really curious to know, um, what are some you know significant moves um, that have gotten banned, if, if any at all?
0: Yeah, actually, So it's so funny. If you, if everyone knows who Joe Rogan is, but if you ever watch uh, him, he'll go on and on about this. But there's one of the most common uh, legal moves. It's called a 12 to 6 elbow, and it's pretty self-explanatory if you're going at your elbow from 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock straight up and down uh that is actually illegal but it's funny because that any fighter will tell you that does less damage than probably a normal two to two to seven o'clock type of elbow that's more uh i mean that's slicing you usually wide open uh, if you're on the if you're receiving that, and you could bring so much force down from that, but uh, twelve to six is a really common one, and of course, no groin shots, eye pokes; those are the self-explanatory type of rules. Head butts, uh, but for the mo- oh, for the most part, I think the rule that gets broken the most, and and it's tough because it it, it does matter in which state you fight in. Uh, but uh, now, if your hand is down on the mat but your knees are off the ground, they consider you a down fighter. And a lot of times uh, a fighter may knee you in the head, which is an illegal move if you're a downed opponent. So um, that that happens quite a bit, but it's usually a kind of a confusing type of topic because it, were they really down or not? So it's just kind of what comes with the game, but it's, it's, it's violent. It's pretty violent, but it's entertaining to watch. So uh, UFC 298, like I said, it delivered. Uh, They did uh, change champions with Volkanovsky losing, but onto the next UFC 299 will be right around the corner and that'll uh, also probably deliver as well. But speaking of delivered, if you are a fan of video games and if you are a fan of college football, You are one happy camper as NCAA 25 has been officially announced and it has been over a decade since the last game was released. Uh, This has been, there's been so many rumors happening for a while now, but it is finally happening. They, they released a trailer and now we are hearing this summer, the game will be out. And more specifically, uh, I've heard leaks that, uh, We could expect it by June uh, uh, this Mm -hmm. year. And uh, the college football world is very excited. And if you notice, I said it had been about a decade since the last release. And there's been a lot of controversy with that. And it was almost only a matter of time that it was going to come back out because of NIL, uh, name, image, and likeness, and players getting paid because that's pretty much – what uh, is why the game went away was because of players and not being allowed to be paid for their name or uh, their likeness. So once NIL became such a huge deal and you've seen college football as a whole really change a lot of these rules because of that, it was only a matter of time before this game was going to come back out. And lo and behold, this summer guys, NCAA 25 is going to be coming out and, uh, Everyone's going crazy. I can already tell Ed is so Ed. I mean, tell us some of uh you know the favorite aspects of the game and maybe some fond
2: memories you've had. Well, one of my my favorite aspect of the game is Dynasty, mm-hmm. just because the complete building of a program from from the bottom of the barrel, if you will, you know, I. During my time playing all the iterations before would take a team like Georgia Tech or Navy (laughs) or even UConn and make turn them into a national power so much so that I would get bored with it and then go coach another team and you would still see the team that I had built up still in the rankings for another 10 seasons. That was one of my favorite things to see, just how me continuously playing the game affected the results as you got further down the line. I have played no less than 150 seasons on on NCAA football, and it is phenomenal to me. Now, one of the other game modes that I particularly enjoyed seeing, but I didn't play nearly as much, is the mascot games, where... Every player on the team is the mascot of the team that you're playing. So nothing's funnier to me than seeing Stanford Cardinal, getting the fighting (laughs) trees, get beat down by the Longhorns. It's fantastic. So those are some of the really fun aspects that I was always into. Uh, Did y'all have some other aspects that uh, y'all had seen on these games?
0: Uh, David, uh, do you have any any fond memories or anything?
1: So my, uh, my favorite thing about NCAA is actually probably going to come out of left field, but it had nothing – my favorite thing had nothing to do with the actual, like, gameplay. Um, my favorite part about NCAA was creating my own stadium. Um, you know, of course it's always fun to um, play and, uh, and uh, beat teams – But there's just something about kind of building your own kingdom and um and you get to uh use that to uh play in. So I've always uh I've always loved that. Building my own stadium has been my uh like that was my favorite part about playing in Yeah.
0: And if if you if you didn't know, I mean I've said it on here before, uh, You know, I didn't grow up a big college football fan. I was NFL. I I was diehard NFL and still am. But uh, I remember always playing Madden or playing uh, NFL 2K, whatever, at the time. It was always NFL games. But I I will always remember the first time I played a college football game. And I said, why the hell they got numbers and not names? Because this was not me knowing, you know, it was – number seven in the backfield who the heck is number seven you know and then having to really look up the rosters and knowing okay okay that's who it is that's who it is and it so for me that was kind of just a memory to me that i'll always remember it's such the difference
1: hey
2: real real i really it loved about playing the college version of the game is the fact that in college football you have so many more different offenses mm-hmm. and it, to work with because you're going to have your spread offenses like you see in the NFL. You're going to have your pro style offense. You're going to have your wing T offenses. You're going to have your option offenses. You're going to have your flex bone offenses. Yeah. So having that that structure in which you get to play what style works best for you, how you see the game, I think is a is a notch above, in my opinion, over Madden where you are basically playing what just what the NFL teams are running at that time.
0: Yeah.
2: Not something that has been historically good, but something that is working in the NFL at this time.
1: Hey, I'm curious, uh did did Madden 03 have the best soundtrack of all the Maddens? I mean, Fine Again by Seether, Party Hard Andrew WK, Get Over It by whoever that band or or, or artist was. There were some fire tracks in in Madden 03, if you if you all remember. I think my
2: favorite EA game that soundtrack is and this is completely off topic it's the MVP baseball the first season 2005 that soundtrack I wish I could find it and download it uh, to use for for workouts or just walk around the neighborhood because it was so much fun and it was so driving and really got you into uh, playing the game and you didn't even realize what it was doing to you while you're playing the game, and, and that's part of the fun of the way those soundtracks are are crafted.
0: Yeah, uh, was that the one with Manny Ramirez on the cover?
2: No, remember, that was the right, one yeah. with uh, I believe it was. I want to say it was Adrian Allenies. Uh He was the the freshman pitcher for Texas that threw the no hitter.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. When I was thinking MVP baseball, I don't know why I was thinking of of, of MLB. So that, that that's on me. I was thinking of a different game with Manner Ramirez on the cover. But um, yeah, the the soundtracks and playlists on on these games they they just kind of always stick with you. I I'll remember. You know, my wife she she played video games growing up too, and we'll be in the car and a song will come on and she'll she'll start singing it and she'll be like, you know how I know this song? I'm like, how? She's like it was in grand theft auto. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. I'm like, yeah, when you, when you're in the car driving around, they play actual songs that are real songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I would never guess you would have known this song. So it's just funny that, uh, video games will do that.
1: So, and and it's also really interesting because when you when your first association with a certain song is what the video game like the first thing you're gonna think of is uh, oh like this like you know th- this pumps me up yeah. um, I mentioned uh, fine again before uh, by uh, by Seether. like when I think of that song, I always think of uh, Madden and as, as I said before, since it was part of a video game soundtrack, it does kind of essentially pump you up. But the truth is without that without that without that game without Madden, that's actually a very depressing song if you just <laughs> listen to the, to the lyrics. Great song, but very, very depressing lyrics. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that with a lot of
0: songs where if you start listening to the lyrics, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, what are they trying to
2: say? <laughs> well, I, I've heard a lot of songs that I would listen to as a kid. And now uh, being at my age, listening to them now, I'm like, how did we get away with listening to this? Right? This is dirty. Yeah, there's no way that this should have been on the radio. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, it turns out, it's, it's the soundtrack of my grocery store.
1: <laughs> Weird. Well, you know, it turns out when you when you're when you're younger, you don't really have an understanding of innuendo. Yeah, that's true. But, I guess not. <laughs>
0: uh, really quick, uh, going back to the game, uh, this. Could possibly be such a monumental shift, in what's to come? Do you think that any other NCAA games may come of this, such as basketball or baseball? I don't see why it, not. It has I mean, to. Yeah, like why? To. Why just do it
1: with football? Exactly.
0: Well, because football makes more. But you know, I, 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 I think that it'll have it'll be in front for a while um, before <laughs> maybe the other ones do come out. But I don't see why not. So let me ask this
2: question though: How long until we get the games that are on the field in real life shot like they are in the video games? Great
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'll let you go with that, and then I'll 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 say one more thought to that.
2: Well, I was I just thinking with like the UFL coming up. Mm-hmm. Part of what they keep trying to do with uh, spring leagues is try to incorporate the way a lot of people take in football, which is through video games and shooting the actual games like that. So it matches with how people usually experience football in their living rooms.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it, it's funny that you said that this is the point I was going to bring up is, if you watch hockey, uh, there is, if it's now the second one that's going to happen. It's called the Big City Greens Classic. Big City Greens is actually a cartoon on Disney Channel. And they actually do the live game, but they shoot it in the cartoon form of that cartoon. So, yeah, so this year the the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be in it here come March Fourth, I'm pretty sure is the date so go ahead and watch it it's a live game but they put it in the cartoon form of that show Big City Greens so it's called the Big City Greens Classic so uh, check it out but it, it, it's crazy how they do that
1: before we uh, conclude do you guys think that we're ever going to get an NCAA baseball video game especially with how increasingly popular college baseball has been over the past few years oh yeah bring it back
2: yeah, I I have the first version of it uh, from 2005 sitting in my PlayStation Two right now. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> well, looking shows, how, shows
1: how much, shows how much I, I know, right? That shows how much of a ga- gamer I know because I honestly did not know that we had a, a NCAA. Why do I keep saying NCAA? NCAA. I did not know we had a college <laughs> baseball video game before, and
2: and it is phenomenal. It it does take you through. Each of the stadiums, including a uh, Iowa, you know, a Field of Dreams yeah. uh, concept, That's but great. also you can play the season. Uh, you can uh, the gameplay on it is great uh, as as a baseball game, uh, better than the games that I had seen at MLB do probably five years before. But the fact that I'm able to play. Uh, college, it's great, and you have little mini games, uh, in it for pitching, for batting, for a home run derby, for uh, for uh, hitting in Omaha. All these things are included in the game, and I, I can't wait for that one to drop as well. Yeah, it's only a matter of time, and I think this was
0: such a big, monumental move that it's going to open the door for other. Other games to come back and to come back out. So, yeah, I think it's really big that this is happening, and it's pretty awesome that it's happening. So, wait for it to hit the shelves. Probably a hundred dollars, but uh, yeah, it's all it's all going to the players, guys. We to remember okay. that. One a good cost. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's about all we have today, folks. Uh, if you could please hit that like and subscribe button, we really appreciate that. But I am really wanting you guys to put in the comments your guys' favorite memory from the NCAA games growing up. Uh, if you have any that are very specific, go ahead and put that in there. Uh, talk about just how excited you are that the, that it is coming out and uh, what your favorite gameplay of it was. So I'm uh, really interested to see what you guys have to say when it comes to that. And, uh, of course, college basketball, all these surprises that are happening that they will continue to happen And uh, if you want to, go ahead and drop your early predictions on who you think is going to win it all. Uh, Could be UConn again, back-to-back champs. I'll be interested to see if that happens too. So uh, go ahead and drop that in the comment, guys. But uh, appreciate all that you guys do, and we will continue to give you the very best content that we can. But we are rounding third, guys, and we are headed for home.